you know, the funny thing is, and the media won't tell you this, and that's why CNN sucks. And MSNBC sucks, too. And obviously Fox sucks. It, what they don't tell you is the, the facts. You know, Latinos are on welfare less. Latinos commit crimes less. Latinos create jobs more. Latinos create new businesses more. See, those are stats. Those are metrics I can prove to you. Latinos pay more taxes to help you retire. And they sacrifice so that you can, right? Most Latinos who come here undocumented work and pay into Social Security without ever getting any of the benefits from Social Security. Yeah, to the tune of like $80 billion a year. Agua. I'm just trying to get a better understanding of why in the world the governor of Florida would do what he has done. Have you heard about this? The governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, you know, like many Republicans, he's trying to prove that he's really tough on illegal immigrants and by golly, he's going to get them out of here and they're no good and et cetera, et cetera. Although that's, by the way, not necessarily true. And I can take you through statistics that will prove that they're actually, in the end, really good for America, really good for America. And by the way, the biggest problem with illegal immigrants in the United States is not people who are coming here and crossing the border. In fact, most of them are on airplanes. They arrive, they live here for a while, and then they overstay their visa. Those are most, most the, the vast majority of people in the United States who are undocumented did not cross a border. The vast majority of people in the United States who are undocumented and if, if DeSantis and others wanted to really attack the undocumented problem, or as they call it, the illegal uh, immigrant problem in America, they would change their focus. And they would spend money at airport screening stations to make sure that the people who arrive here don't overstay their visas. But, but, it, but that wouldn't be cool, right? Because who's overstaying their visa? We don't know. It, it makes a better story. You get more votes by attacking Mexicans. You get more votes by attacking Latinos, who's really, which is, come on, that's really what this is all about. I mean, let's not kid ourselves, right? Let's not kid ourselves. We know this. But, you know, the funny thing is, and the media won't tell you this, and that's why CNN sucks, and MSNBC sucks, too, and obviously Fox sucks. It, what they don't tell you is the, the facts, you know? Latinos are on welfare less. Latinos commit crimes less. Latinos create jobs more. Latinos create new businesses more. See, those are stats. Those are metrics I can prove to you. Latinos pay more taxes to help you retire, and they sacrifice so that you can, right? Most Latinos who come here undocumented work and pay into Social Security without ever getting any of the benefits from Social Security. Yeah, to the tune of like $80 billion a year. I mean, but by the way, don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here saying that Ron DeSantis is not right to want to stamp out illegal entries into the United States. I don't want illegal entries in the United States. I want the border controlled. 
I don't want people coming here that shouldn't be coming here. And I want a system put in place to make sure that the, those who could come and help us can, have, can come here legally. But do you think Ron DeSantis wants that? Of course he doesn't. And, I, and I'm not picking on Ron DeSantis here. I'm picking on the entire political system in the United States. It, it, it's like they would prefer not to have a working system because then they wouldn't have anything to talk about. How are you going to get elected talking about those dirty, lousy immigrants if there are no dirty, lousy immigrants? How are you going to get elected talking about the illegal immigration problem if there is no illegal immigration problem? They need an illegal immigration problem <laughs> so they can look tough like Ron DeSantis, who just said 50, get this, Venezuelans. Venezuelans, right, to Martha's Vineyard. They arrived in South Florida. He put them on a plane and said, get the hell out of here, you dirty, filthy immigrants. Get out of here. We don't want you here. We're going to send you to some other state. And in this case, Martha's Vineyard. Here's, here's, here's how Fox, Fox and Friends described it. Yesterday, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, more people from other countries wound up going to Martha's Vineyard. It was at three o'clock yesterday afternoon that a couple of planes with 50 Venezuelan mi migrants uh, arrived, apparently courtesy of Ron DeSantis. Apparently nobody was alerted on the island before they showed up. Venezuelans. Venezuelans. And in case you don't know, let me tell you something about Venezuelans. They vote for Ron DeSantis. They are Ron DeSantis voters. They are generally Republican voters because most of them came here fleeing, like Cubans, most of them came here fleeing communism. So they arrive here. Um, they vote Republican because Republicans are the ones saying everybody else who's not a Republican is a communist, which, of course, is not fair and not true, but it doesn't matter. So they tend to vote Republican. So I'm not sure who gave advice to Ron DeSantis to do this, but th 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 this could have some serious political fallout for him. I mean, you got to understand, Donald Trump won Florida because they were able to convince the most densely populated part of South Florida South Florida itself, Miami, where all the Venezuelans and the Cubans Americans are. Venezuelan American, Venezuelan Americans and Cuban Americans live in Miami, Florida, right? South Florida, Dade County. And they convinced them to vote for Donald Trump because Donald Trump would take care of their foreign policy needs when it comes to Hugo Chavez, who, by the way, is dead. But, you know, whatever. Uh, and Fidel Castro, who, by the way, is dead. So it's this thing that's been going on for decades. And, and it's about whoever is best at convincing these, these groups in South Florida that they got their back. And by the way, Bill Clinton was really good at this. He did this very well, too. And Bill Clinton wasn't going to do crap for the Cubans. Just like Donald Trump wasn't going to do crap for the Venezuelans in general. 
<laughs> it's it, it's a game. It, it, I remember when I was a little kid, all of us who grew up in, I'm Cuban, all of us who grew up in South Florida would watch this and it would be like, okay, it's election season. So that means a politician, usually somebody, you know, Ronald Reagan started it, at least he did it very well. But after Ronald Reagan, it was every politician would come to Miami and he would say, yes, Cuba, see, Castro, no. And then they'd promise that they were going to free Cuba. They weren't going to free Cuba. In fact, they need Cuba to be just as it is so they can keep making this argument. See, these wedge issues are very powerful. But usually the politicians are astute enough to make sure they do this in such a way so it's to their favor. This is really weird. As a Latino, I'm sitting here watching Ron DeSantis essentially attack Venezuelans. I mean, and by the way, those Venezuelans probably ended up with the better part of this because they, they, they're in Martha's Vineyard and the volunteers up there, generally good people, they're bending over backward to take care of them. I mean, they're like, what do you need? They take them off the bus. They're taking them to their homes. They're putting them in their libraries and their schools. Here's a volunteer describing what it's like right now when they got these 50 Venezuelans up there in Martha's Vineyard. It's been a whirlwind. Um, yeah, it's been a real whirlwind. Many of them seem overwhelmed. We just started feeding people outside while they were standing around because everybody was just really hungry and then moved them inside as soon as we could. Barbara Rush and others at St. Andrew's Church worked all day to help the families from Venezuela, some with kids as young as two. We've got people on cots in the, the parish hall. We've got people on cots here. We've got families on air mattresses down in the homeless shelter and the library. We've received calls from restaurants offering food, stores offering food, people offering space, you know, private people showing up saying, what can I do to help? It's been amazing. And let me tell you something. This is not why Ron DeSantis did this. And Ron DeSantis does not understand this, what I'm about to explain. But he actually did those people a huge favor, both of them. He did a huge favor for the people of Martha's Vineyard, and he also did a huge favor for those 50 Venezuelans. Those 50 Venezuelans will remake themselves, just like I had to remake myself when I was humiliatingly fired by CNN, because there's something in the average person, and more in particular, people who've already had to suffer in their lives. Latinos, and even more in particular, people who've already made a decision that they're going to go through hell and high water to achieve their ends. In this case, it's these people who've probably crossed the desert, made it to the border, gave up their homes, did whatever it takes because they said, that's it. I'm sick of my situation. I'm, I'm going to America. And I don't care if you're Italian or Jewish or Irish or German or Venezuelan or, or Cuban, or Mexican, the people who make that decision, that in and of itself says something about them, that they're willing to stretch themselves to get to that next place in their lives. Those people are winners. Those people are winners. Those people are the reason the United States of America is a great country. Those are the people who come here and start new businesses. Those are the people who come here and hire their friends and suddenly have more people working together. Those are the people who fill our churches. 
Those are the people who will fight in our military. I ain't making this stuff up. This is all provable. Look it up. Latinos. Venezuelans in particular. Venezuelans. Hardworking. Super smart. Super able. I've seen Venezuelans here in South Florida. This is a good lot of people. You'd be lucky to have a Venezuelan move next to you. Because I, I, I'd say that about a lot of Latinos, but I mean, Venezuelans, I mean, these people are going to be great for Martha's Vineyard. Martha's Vineyard's going to be happy they have them. And, and they're, they, one day they'll, they'll thank the governor of Florida for saying, hey, thanks for sending us to a new place. We made new friends. We learned to speak English faster. And we made America a greater place. That's what DeSantis doesn't know. See, to him, this is just a political ploy. This is a political game. It's gotcha. Ah, you Democrats, you're saying that you, you don't want us to punish those illegal immigrants? Well, guess what? Here, you can have them. You can have them. I'll send them to you. You can have them. We don't want them. Nah, 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 nah. Right? Isn't that what DeSantis is doing? Nah, 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 nah. That's what Ron DeSantis is doing. Here you go, Democrats. You know, Massachusetts or wherever you are. You could have them. You could have these illegal immigrants. And, and I'm telling Massachusetts, you're blessed. You got some of the hardest working people in the United States dropped on your doorstep. I did a podcast on this. I did a story at CNN on this. I was amazed when I went to North Georgia, Dalton, Georgia, where all the uh, mills are for making carpets all over the world. And they had no workers because all the young sons and daughters of the people who had come after World War II and filled those mills as hard workers, they had kids and their kids didn't want to work in the mill. No, dad, I want to go to New York. I want to, I want to do something else. And they didn't have any workers. So they went down to mostly Mexico and they recruited a lot of workers. And I went to Dalton, Georgia, and I sat and I spoke with the Chamber of Commerce dude. Republican dude. And uh, I spoke to the police chief and I spoke to the guy who ran the, 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 the laundry service. And I just I sat down. I talked to all these business people and I said, what's what's it been like to have these people here? And they told me 201. At first, we thought it was the worst thing in the world. All these Latinos, all these people coming to our community. They look different. What is it? Now, five years later, they said to me, it's the greatest thing that ever happened to our community. They literally saved, right, the uh, carpet mill industry for the United States, getting it back to where it used to be. They have filled up our churches. They come to work on time. They never miss a payment. They're responsible. They care about this community. <laughs> Stories like this all over America. Ron DeSantis doesn't understand that. He thinks he's punishing the, that community by sending them there. He's doing them a favor. He's doing them a favor. That's the differentiator. And that, my friends, and that's what we do here, right? That's the Latino truth. There's another story that's going on in the news right now that everybody seems to be talking about. And I think this has to do, again, with uh, 
well, damn it, ethics. You know, that thing we talk about here all the time, as from a Latino standpoint, we call this vergüenza, shame, right? You, you got to know when you're doing something bad, that little thing in your head that goes, should I do this? Do you ever get that feeling? 90% of the time, it's right. Your mom was right. Your dad was right when they told you this. Your abuela was right when she says, you know, si te sientes mal, si tienes esa cosita diciéndote que estás haciendo algo que te hace sentir mal, posiblemente es mal. It's bad. And that, that usually you get that, 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 what, what was it? Kazoo in the Flintstones? Remember Kazoo? He would sit on Fred Flintstone's shoulder. He was the, the Martian. And, and he would tell him, Basically, alter ego, what he should or shouldn't do. We all have that kazoo. You just have to listen to it once in a while. Brett Favre, media darling Brett Favre, apparently didn't listen to his kazoo because he's in a lot of trouble right now. I mean, he's in a lot of trouble. He's in a lot of trouble because he essentially has ended up being the recipient of money that was intended for really poor people in the poorest state in all of America. We're talking Mississippi. There, there is no more poor a lot of people than in Mississippi. And most of them are minority, African-American, and they really can barely rub two nickels together. And money that was intended for them to help them get by was instead funneled to a multi-multi-millionaire named Brett Favre. And Brett Favre probably knew that this was wrong. We're going to get into that. But look, here, here, here's Favre's story as it's being reported today. Text messages included in newly released court documents show Favre asked then-Governor Phil Bryant for help securing state money for a college volleyball facility where Favre's daughter played the sport, and Bryant sent him to the state welfare agency. Favre soon began texting with a nonprofit executive named Nancy New, who was doling out millions in federal funds sent to Mississippi for families in poverty. New has since pleaded guilty to fraud and is cooperating with prosecutors. By the way, how shitty is that? What that woman apparently did, not apparently, I mean, apparently, no, forget it. She did it. She knows that she's getting money from the federal government for the state of Mississippi, money that's intended to be given to poor people here to help the poor people of your state. Use this money to help these people. And she figured out ways to give it to her little freaking crony friends. To how to give it to people who don't need it instead. The hell with those poor people. Let them figure it out for themselves, she seemed to be saying. God dog it, that makes me just mad. Doesn't that make you mad? You know, there's this thing in all of us that should tell us this ain't right. What the hell happened to that thing? That shame element that we're all supposedly, I think we're born with that, No. Or, or did, did, do we get that from mom and dad? Do we get that from our religion? I mean, I know I'm a Catholic. I mean, even just white lies. Next day, I can't sleep. You know, my wife says, you're the worst liar in the world. She always kids me. She says, you know, you can never cheat on me because I would know right away. I'm, 
I just, I, these people who do these things and then hold news conferences and try and explain it away, it just, it's crazy. And, and here's this woman doing, and Brett Favre was involved in this? Apparently, Brett Favre was asking the former governor for money so that they can build a stadium for his daughter because she's playing volleyball at the college. And he was like a dog with the bone, they say. It wasn't one call. It wasn't, it was like, hey, how, how's this coming along? And I'm sorry, but when he was referred to the welfare person, now let me take you through this, okay? Sometimes the devil is in the details here. Listen to the report we just heard. In fact, let's play that one more time, Jorge. Text messages included in newly released court documents show Favre asked then-Governor Phil Bryant for help securing state money for a college volleyball facility where Favre's daughter played the sport. And Bryant sent him to the state welfare agency. Bryant sent him to the state welfare agency. What part of welfare did maybe he not understand? Because if somebody tells me, if, if I call, let's suppose tomorrow I want to call the governor of the state of Florida for some reason, Ron DeSantis, and I say, you know, I'm a big proponent of Florida International University down here in South Florida, which I am, by the way. I've done a lot of things with them. I go speak to the students. And they've asked me to give you a call to see if there's any way we can raise some funds for this new immigrant program we're starting down here, et cetera, et cetera. If there's any state funds we can uh, we can use. And, and he says, yeah, maybe we could take the welfare uh, money. And the person to talk to is the welfare agency head. That word welfare would scare the hell out of me. And you know what? It did probably send a message to Brett Favre because here's his text. I'm going to read them to you. Here's some of the texts that Brett Favre received. Um, he apparently says to uh, this woman, if you were to pay me, is there any way the media can find out where it came from and how much? These are the texts that they've recovered from Brett Favre's phone. She answers, no. We never have had that information publicized. I understand you being uneasy about that, though. Let's see what happens on Monday with the conversation with some of the folks at Southern, the university. Maybe it will click with them, hopefully. Brett Favre, okay, thanks. Now, apparently, a couple of days later, August 4th. Wow, just got off the phone with Phil Bryant. That's the former governor. He's on board with us. We're going to get this done. Awesome. I needed to hear that for sure. That's the exchange with uh, Brett Favre. It certainly sounds to me like Brett Favre knows that uh, there's something hinky going on here. Or why else would he say it like that? And by the way, we're not just talking about the money for building the stadium for a bunch of, uh, of uh, young ladies volleyball team who are not needy. It's not just about that. Apparently, the state was also paying Brett Favre to the tune of $600,000 to go around giving speeches to people about how to make it or, you know, to be inspirational. But here's the problem. He got the money, but he never gave the speeches. He didn't even show up. So Brett Favre was being paid. By the way, was that planned? Did they know that he really wasn't going to show up? They would just put him on there and then send him the money because basically they were going to take care of their good old boy 
Brett Favre, and he is a good old boy, right? Is that really what, what was going on here? So not only did they give him this, this multi-million dollar allotment of money for the stadium from money that was earmarked for poor people, for money that was earmarked for poor people, but then they were also paying him $600,000 to give speeches that he never, I guess, maybe even had to give. Here's, here's what I'm saying. Here's where I'm saying that this is very troubling about Brett Favre. I don't give a I don't give a hoot whether he goes to prison or not. I don't, you know, I don't really care. But I will tell you this. This tells me a lot about the man. This tells me a lot about the man. Because I, I know I couldn't do that. I couldn't sleep at night. I couldn't. I could not sleep a wink knowing that I had just gotten money that was intended for the poorest of the poor. I could not sleep. Hell, forget even the money coming. I couldn't sleep at night if somebody was booking me to go give a speech and I didn't show up. I mean, that would make me feel bad. Forget the money. He seems to be sleeping quite well. You know, listen, I'm giving you my perspective on this as a human being. You know, as a guy who's fought through a million situations in his life and I try and learn from them and I have, and then I share my experiences with others because I think we're all growing and maybe Brett Favre can grow as well. But there's a legal aspect to this as well that to a certain extent we have to understand. Maybe there's some things here I don't understand. I, I don't know exactly uh, what, what his uh, vulnerability is here legally. Um, I can't help but think it's pretty serious. So to understand how this works from a legal standpoint, I want to turn to somebody that we often turn to. A.J. Palliger uh, comes to us whenever we have questions about legalities. And in this case, I, I think we all want to get a better understanding of, well, as we like to say, is Brett Favre possibly going to have to go to jail on this one? Could, 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 could it come to that? Uh, AJ is a uh, prosecutor, is a prosecutor, was a prosecutor. Now he's a defense attorney. He is uh, fantastic at explaining difficult concepts to us normal people out here. So AJ, thanks for joining us. Always good to have you. Can you get into the explanation as you look at this case as to what uh, Brett Favre's potential culpability could be? Yeah, Rick, I, um, as to whether or not he's going to go to jail, I don't think that's realistic because you, you got to figure out what was his intent and did he have a duty when it comes to accepting funds to, to vet the funds, essentially. Um, it sounds like that the individuals that committed the real crime here were the, the Nancy New and her son, who essentially took tens of millions of dollars and reproportioned it when it was meant to be for welfare money, as you mentioned, to some of the source. Whether Brett Favre faces any, any criminal prosecution, I think would come down to what comes out through the depositions and the testimony from Nancy Ware and whether or not they can prove any criminal intent on Mr. Farr's part. I think what may be more realistic is Mr. Farr has to pay back the government and face civil sanctions, um, which is all about money at the end of the day. And I think that would make more sense rather than him facing criminal charges. I just think that this goes down to the very concept of the people who have money, who are powerful and have political influence, can always get themselves out of trouble. Even if the 
the line is on, you know, it's a little mucky whether or not they committed a crime. They, they have the influence and the power to persuade the people that are prosecuting them not to move forward. Well, uh, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll get, I, I just, listen, I, I got to stop you there because I used this example the other day and I, I think it's actually comparable. A young man, African-American or Latino, this weekend at a mall in South Florida was caught with a pair of Nikes in his car. He did not have for a receipt for them, and there was reason to believe that they were stolen. He went to jail right there, right there on the spot. He went to jail. They'll figure it out later, right? There's a billionaire in Palm Beach, supposedly billionaire, who was caught with secret documents classified by the United States government, something between 60 and 80 of them. He's not in jail. Does that go to what you were just saying a moment ago? Pretty much. I mean, it. you know, when you have somebody who's who's in that level of influence and power and who's highly respected, I mean, who didn't love Brett Favre before this whole uh, scandal was broken? He, You know, he had a pretty clean slate throughout his No, he did not. No, he did not. He has I mean, been known a, as a scumbucket a... by many people in the NFL. In fact, let me play something for you. Here's uh, Shannon Sharp. But he's been a sleazeball. He's been shady for a very, very long time. You got to be a sorry mofo mm. to steal from the lowest of the low. Skip, they, they, Mississippi is the poorest state in our country. It is. It's citizens. So if they're the poorest state, Brett Favre is taken from the, 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 uh, uh, the underserved. That's what they're saying on ESPN today. And, you know, it's like all of these guys who played with him, who knew he was a media darling, who knew he got special treatment, who knew the kind of shit he'd done in the past, sexual innuendos, all kinds of things that he had been involved in had always been overlooked. And people are saying, yeah, it got overlooked because he's Brett Favre. If he was some black dude or somebody else, it wouldn't have been overlooked. That's the message that's coming from the Shannon Sharps of the world today on ESPN. And it's not just Shannon Sharp, by the way. It's almost like, you know, uh, what, what was that uh, expression? The, 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 the chickens are coming home to roost or something. Um, and I think to a certain extent that may be happening with this dude. Yeah, but I feel all of these these allegations came out after he was potentially involved in this scheme to defraud um, all these welfare recipients. You know, prior to that, I mean, most people, most people around the world who, I mean, I'm from England. I was born and raised in England. I don't know a whole lot about American football. But from my experience, every time I think of the name Brett Farr, I think of a movie star. I think of somebody who had a good football career. You don't think of a scandal the way you necessarily think of like O.J. Simpson, you know. Mm. So I feel like Brett Farr up until this point, nobody expected. I don't think anybody saw this coming. I don't think anybody anticipated this coming. And whether his le whether or not he faces legal implications, I think it's going to boil down to the the evidence that comes out of the depositions and the other hearings that occur in this case. But I think it's a far stretch whether or not he's going to jail. I don't think that's realistic, given the fact that they would have to establish the burden of proof is so high on the prosecution, where I, I don't think they could establish a burden of proof that he had intent and knowingly went about to defraud the government. There's so many other players involved here that that were, were uh, face, I think, more serious consequences. What about... First of all, I've, I've got an answer to your response, and um, I'm going to differ with you on this a little bit and maybe catch you up on something that you may not know. 
the media in the United States plays favorites. The media in the United States has its darlings. Anderson Cooper is a media darling. Peyton Manning is a media darling. Brett Favre is a media darling. There are certain people they decide can do no wrong and they'll only report them on them in a positive way. By the way, it may be a complete coincidence, but for the most part, they're all very white, uh, very Anglo-Saxon, uh, <laughs> very of European extraction. It's maybe just a coincidence that for some reason, the way that Latinos and African-Americans and other people are treated in the United States by the media and by the national conversation, so to speak, is very different from the way other people are treated. And I've lived it. I have lived it. Um, well, so doesn't the media, yeah, the media plays the race card game routinely. Of course. And they generally try to have this conflict of race. And I agree with you there. Anytime that they can generate that, it automatically means like sensationalism or viewers. And, you know, it's very divisive. But I feel like I, I think in the in this sort of a case, you know, from a legal point of view, I I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know all of the evidence, but I feel like it's going to be tough to prove Brett Farr committed a crime. Do, um, do, do they have to, though? I mean, um, the court of um, public opinion, probably not. But in the courtroom, they do. Right. In um, the courtroom, they by the, that, way, uh, by the way, by the way, here we go. In the wake of a sex scandal that tarnished Brett Favre's storied 20-year career, cost him $50,000 fine, two more women have now come forward filing sexual harassment suits against the uh, star quarterback. Christina Scavo, Shannon Toole, both former massage therapists for the New York Jets, filed suits against Favre uh, and the New York Jets. Um Apparently, uh, he he called massage therapists to come, and then he would uh, sexually have his way with them. Instead, uh, Scavo said in the 2008 that Favre was in the New York Jets, that he treated me like I was a hanging slab of meat. Um, yeah, this is this is the media's uh, favorite guy, Brett Favre. By the way, I should remind you, there is now an NFL quarterback charged with the same thing. Deshaun Watson, he's been kicked out of the league and he's had upwards of 50, what was the last time I read? It was something like 50,000 stories have been written about him uh, abusing massage therapists. But yet Brett Favre did it. And you, I bet you, you didn't even know about this story I just read to you. No, I didn't. But Bingo. I also think, I feel my like case. <laughs> when Brett Favre did this, this was probably... 10, maybe a decade ago, right? Is that, is that uh, fair to say? The headline on the story is, yes, 2011. So back yeah. in 2011, that was before we had the, you know, the legitimate reporting when it comes to these sorts of allegations that we have now. The, the, the Me Too movement, movement, you mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And so I think things were different back then, the way the media covered it. In today's day, age, I feel like you can't get away with doing things like that. Um, it's almost like the old school versus the current day and age, you know, of conducting business in a civilized society. Back then, you could get away with certain things that you could never do so today. And and, the, and everyone knows that, including the, the prosecutors. They go after these things today. But I don't think Brett Favre was ever criminally charged in that context, was he? No, you know? he wasn't. Yeah, it, was, so. it was all civil, and he basically copped and paid his fines and et cetera, et cetera. So... Uh, 
Still, yeah, I think I we've mean, come a long way in the past decade to to go in after people that commit these sorts of heinous offenses. Fair, fair point. Know. I mean, but, you know, uh, two NFL quarterbacks, one is white, one is black, one is getting treated like he probably could end up even going to jail. The NFL has suspended him and fined him. Uh, I mean, it's serious stuff for uh, Deshaun Watson. Not so yeah. serious for Brett Favre. The media looked at it as just, uh, you know, a guy who was boys being boys kind of thing, as we've heard in the past. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and the articles written about this case almost point the finger solely at new. They, they barely, you know, they don't really get into the details of Favre's involvement. It's just a few texts here and there. That implicate him. So I'd be curious as how how it unfolds and what the real evidence is. Like but what, what do you is- but what do you, but what what do you say to my point? You know that you, he had to know AJ. I mean, his in his texts he's saying, "Hey, no one's going to find out about this, right?" I mean, the department he was talking to said welfare. Is he so stupid that he doesn't know what welfare is? I mean. If 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 you called the the state welfare office and say hi, this is AJ Palliger, and I'm I'm looking to get some funding from you, and you knew you were going to use it to buy a, a, a Mercedes Benz, you I know you AJ, you wouldn't sleep that night. You know you were bullshitting them. A hundred percent. But why would the agency that provided the funding provide it to to somebody like me who's asking money for an alternative source? or alternative purpose that's not related to welfare. So I think I think it really boils down so to So that's that, a good question. Why did they give why, okay, Brett all this stuff? him to build a stadium? Why are they getting well why is he why would why would this the head of this organ this government organization uh give the money? Why did would she they just say, have a no, crush they, on him? Did she probably well, I mean I what, 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 what does this shit? Absolutely. And I think it, it's a combination of the governor communicating with this individual who ran the organization and then the celebrity status of Brett Favre getting, getting the money. And I think it was just like she getting away with it. They, they thought they could never get caught. And what blows my mind, Rick, is the amount of money here, you know, oh, yeah. $38 million split two ways or something like that. We're not talking <laughs> like a couple hundred grand here. We're talking tens of millions of dollars thinking that you could get away with that after misappropriating buying first class air tickets i mean this all this all goes back to this individual that ran this organization i don't know how anybody could honestly think they could get away with committing these sorts of i'm more curious and more suspicious about the 600,000 that he took for speaking fees and never right. actually complied i'm a little more suspicious of that because that seems to me he could always argue, look, they told me I wanted to get a, a building built for the team. I love going to watch my daughter play. I love my daughter. I'm a good dad and I wanted to help out. And that's why I did that. And you know what? I could almost understand that if he pleads yeah. ignorance and says they said it was some government agency, said welfare. I didn't know. I, you know, government works in I don't understand government funding. So blah, blah, blah. OK, I get that. First of all, you have to know that you didn't comply with what you were asked to do. That's hinky and and kind of bullshitty in and of itself. And then, and then second of all, the money was coming from the welfare department again. And you, you kind of, I, I just think he's mixed up in this thing and ignorance is not a defense. What do you think? Oh, 100%. But I also think that the only remedy in that sort of a case is a civil suit like the state of Mississippi suing Brett Farr individually to, for, for, re, you know, for restitution related to the amount of money he received that he never provided the service. 
But I 100% agree that there's a lot there's a lot going on here and a lot of cover-ups. But the real question is, does it boil to the level of a criminal offense? Hmm. And that standard is so high in the United States, which it's very difficult to meet that in a case where you have a lot of circumstantial evidence with minimal proof, minimal you know involvement. And so curious how it plays out. What do you think this says about the state of Mississippi, the people who run Mississippi? And how they feel about their poor. It's it's a shocking revelation, isn't it, Rick? I mean, it's it's you would never think of it in a million years in this country that you would have a uh, state government who has the ability to create so much corruption and so much spending for illegitimate resources and think they can get away with it. Um, it blows my mind, um, especially at this magnitude when you're dealing with tens of millions of dollars. Um, and the clear disregard for where the money's going. It's it's a blatant, it's not like it's not like they spent the money and it went it went to a, a you know a, an issue related to welfare that mm-hmm. didn't did turn into anything, you know, and it was essentially wasted money, but right. it went to the right desert. They flagrantly took the money and used it for, you know, buying themselves the Rolls Royces essentially. <laughs> <laughs> thinking they could get away with it. Yeah, good luck making the yeah, argument that this really was a health and needy. Right. Good luck making yeah, that really, argument. It just blows my mind. Yeah. It just tells you, you know, I, I see a lot every day being in the courtroom and dealing with criminal cases, and nothing surprises me. But when it comes to a level of this this amount of money, it, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people think they're above the law and they'll never get caught. But um, the good news is that there are checks and balances in our system. And ultimately, most people pay the price, except the very powerful and the very rich yeah. pay lesser of a price and have ways to get out of trouble. So for those of you out there thinking that multi-multi-millionaire Brett Favre will somehow have uh, a day in uh, jail as a result of this, A.J. Palliger is here to tell you, eh, probably ain't going to happen unless... And I know you're going to come up with this mm-hmm. uh, with this as well, uh, AJ, unless there's something here we don't know, like they actually have him on tape saying, yes, I know this money is coming from the welfare department. I know that this is not supposed to be intended for this or for me, but I need to do this anyway. I want to do this and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to do it. If they have that, if they that have that. That sounds like a scheme to defraud for me, to me. Right? Am I wrong? Yeah, 100%. I, yeah. I feel like that would be the uh, the icing on the cake. Smoking gun, right? Smoking yeah, gun. Yeah, exactly. we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Hey, uh, AJ, you're fantastic. Thanks so much for joining thanks, us. And thanks for taking it's us through this explanation. You, As Thank usual, you. you're awesome. AJ Palliger, if you need an attorney, if you need somebody to talk to, if you're in Florida, give him a call. Even if you're not. As a matter of fact, nowadays, the way those things work, you can get a great lawyer. You can use them anywhere in the world or anywhere in the country. By the way, look, this is what we do. We take cases like this and tell them through the framework of exactly what's going on in um, in our own communities. We, we call these Latino truths, you know. I think Brett Favre is an interesting guy in that uh, if it's proven that he knew he was doing this, it comes back to that issue we talk about all the time. I know I've said this a couple of times, but it's really the word shame. You know, you know it, man. You know it. You know when you're doing it. And usually we're taught to walk away from it. Maybe he couldn't. Or maybe he just didn't want to. These are Latino truths. I'm Rick Sanchez. 
And you can continue to listen to this podcast, which is growing like crazy. We just hit 204% growth, which means what? Quadrupling? That's pretty cool. We're on Spotify and we're on Apple and we're wherever you get your podcasts. And if you feel like you want to have a conversation with me every day, well, I'm almost here every day and we can have that conversation and tell your friends I'm here. And if you happen to be watching us on uh, on uh, YouTube, then hit that little thing down there, you know, little thing that says uh, subscribe. Thanks, Jerry. <laughs> we'll be looking for you again. Dale, andale. Vamos con todo. Agua. 